hello, welcome, welcome to Peaceful by Nature. This is Sage and I am sitting on the beach. I am sorry if it's a little windy or if you hear birds. (laughs) No, I'm not sorry if you hear birds. I'm looking part up at Haleakala, which is green and covered with some beautiful clouds. And part at the water, right over from Little Beach at McKenna, where I spent an hour or two playing in the waves with no agenda, but just to play like a dolphin and do flips and turns. And then some watercolors that turned out really bad. I have been watercoloring and some of them are just delightful and some of them are just awful. This morning I taught a yoga flow and the intention was to plant a seed of joy and truth for the new moon here in November 2022. And today's podcast is very different than the other podcasts. On my way to McKenna from yoga this morning, I turned on my phone to record some ideas about what I wanted to say and a song something ended up coming out and that is going to be the introduction to the conversation that is the second part or I guess the third part of the podcast which is with my husband conversation with Andy And I wanted to have a beachside, fireside, while you're doing the dishes or folding laundry or driving or whatever it is, walking, running, probably not climbing a coconut tree. Where are you? Wherever you are, a chat about who I am, which is a really weird question because it's always changing and a strange thing to answer. And my intention with this podcast, why do I do it? So if you want to jump right to either the singing introduction, I guess you could skip this part or right to the conversation, you could skip the next, right to the meditation at the end, you could jump around. But first I wanted to say hello and check in. (laughs) My intention with this podcast is to spread joy and give you, the listener, some practices and meditations and tools to reflect on your life and the more that I have been recording and reflecting 
I feel that part of the way that I can be of service as well as have this be a real true expression of who I am in this moment is to have the podcast be an intimate space where I tell you what's going on with me and my own journey of self-awareness because another goal of this podcast is for you and for me and for all of us to remember that we're not alone in this wild, weird, wonderful, sometimes excruciatingly painful, sometimes overwhelmingly amazing, joyful and blissful and all the mucky, grumbly, rough parts and all of the uh, relatively good parts and all of the human experience, you're not alone. And that is what other podcasts and books that I have read, and I mainly have read books that I found out about through listening to different podcasts, authors that I was either introduced through poo, through poo, poo podcasts, <laughs> introduced to through podcasts, or they were authors that then had their own podcast. So the written word and people's telling really honest stories about their lives, Elizabeth Gilbert, Cheryl Strayed, these women, Glennon Doyle, Martha Beck, and so many more, Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Mirabai Starr, Tara Brock, and there are so many. I feel my heart swelling with gratitude and joy just saying their names. And I have learned so much from other people being really vulnerable about their lives and honest and true because I both see myself and my own life journey in them and I also recognize the places that they've gone through and gotten to a different space. And it's given me hope and inspiration when I've been at my lowest. And the best way that I know how to do that, to be of service, is to be radically honest with my own life and share with you details and experiences and the ways that I have navigated, not to a place of enlightenment or absolute peace and tranquility and serenity all the time at all, but a place of in contrast, a lot of peace and so much more joy and to live inside my own mind and my body is so drastically different than it was two years ago and my daily life has been alchemized from where I was before and it's been a gentle remembering of who I really am. A gentle, soft, settling 
into truth, into love, into integrity, more and more into integrity. And that is my purpose here on earth, is to live in integrity with the truth of who I am, in peace and love and joy and radiance. And to be of service in how I live my life, walking this earth walk with humility and grace and stumbling and forgiving myself and forgiving those in my life and being creative and expressive and delighting in all there is to be delighted about, around, surrounded by, every day. It's a miracle to be here. And to reflect that miracle back through the work that I do in person, teaching yoga, through the cultivation of friendship, through all of the trainings that I get to do with YTT and the teacher trainings, the yoga teacher trainings, through the work I do at California State Northridge and connecting to my students. All of these ways that I have the incredible privilege of being a teacher and being of service to the best of my capacity and then reflecting and showing up a little bit more and more in integrity and truth and love and yoga to me is the huge the union of my yours our embodied divinity the radiant invitation consciousness and great spirit, Gaia, nature, essence, God, Allah, the thousand names of what is nameless to show up in every single atom of your being. And the journey to that place of union all of it is yoga. And integrity is coming into right relationship with everything, with myself and lack of self. And to come into right relationship with the multitudes inside to become undivided in my multitudes, in the multitudes inside of you. There are so many, many facets of you and yet it's all undivided in truth and love.
integrity is to be in a in alignment with truth in every bit and right relationship with god with spirit with your relationship with nature in right relationship in your relationship with food and your body and i say yours and i mean mine and ours and right relationship with mother earth and right relationship with our families in this field of right relationship with our finances and with the people who are most intimate with our lovers and our partners and our culture and society and how we are showing up on planet earth this is a co-creation We are co-creating heaven on earth if we choose. And every moment we have a choice. Every moment. And to have the capacity to choose is an incredible gift and also takes practice and courage to self-reflect and to witness non-defensively. Oh, I have a responsibility here. The Gottmans, who are relationship guides, and they are a, a couple that my husband and I have found really useful and they have their tools really useful and they have what they call the four horsemen of the apocalypse which are things that um, are patterns of ways of relating and communicating that are really not healthy not in right relationship between couples between all people and one of them is defensiveness and when I am defensive And when you are defensive, you can try this. Instead of continuing the narrative of, well, I should be defensive. This person did something wrong and I am justified in my defense. Or whatever story that you're telling yourself. To release that story and need to justify and defend. To come back to truth and trust that the truth is the truth. It does not need defending. And to take responsibility for your part, however small or big, it's never 100% one way or the other. Trust the truth and take responsibility and let go of defensiveness. So that is a long way of saying (laughs) the defensiveness I guess was a tip something I found helpful this podcast is about my own journey to becoming undivided that I am honest and in integrity and walking how I want to show up and embodying my values embodying my values not in a way of like I am righteous and better than you just it feels really good to live in alignment with your values and not argue with reality 
And that comes with a lot of self-reflection. And I want to offer these because I want to be an example of how to live in integrity and also have you be audience to the ways that I mess up and then how I remedy those situations. So this is my own path of integrity that you are listening to and I will continue to share. And I hope it's entertaining at least and also can be of service. I would really love for this to be a conversation between me and you. So I welcome feedback. I am not in any way attached to any part of how exactly this will unfold. I want to be of service and also make it fun and creative for myself and fun and creative for you. And so get in touch and let me know Really, let me know what you would like to hear. If you follow me on Instagram, you know it's Wild Sacred Sage. And I believe that's on Facebook as well. And on Instagram, I share poetry that I usually read during my classes and some life updates and things like that. And if you're on Maui, anything I'm doing, I teach yoga and I teach at the yoga teacher trainings and I also host cacao ceremonies and sound baths. So you can DM me on Instagram and contact me that way or email wildsacredsage at gmail and the contact form on my website wildsacredcollective.com that also is a good way to get in contact. And all of these things are in growth and um, relative stages of, do I keep this going? How much do I want this to be a part of my life? They're all connected to me, this human being who is sitting on the beach recording this for you. And um, I don't have any agenda. (laughs) I don't have any agenda except to be of service and to come into my integrity with myself. Um, And perhaps that trajectory of how I want the podcast to serve a larger purpose beyond truth and love and living in alignment with my values will reveal itself as I continue to share these podcasts. I believe that is all I want to say about why I'm doing the podcast and how to get in touch with me. The meditation for this month, for this moon, is at the end of the podcast. And the intention is to return you to yourself as you navigate the Thanksgiving or the holiday season, that this can be a tool that will return you to your sovereignty and ground you into what really matters. And a reflection for yourself on this November new moon 
if you can distill down your top values into one or two or three and get really crystal clear and they can be with you and just have them always with you as the background reminder of how you want to show up. It's amazing how much of our lives we often are in reactivity and not connected to this truth. And that's why we get on the mat and practice yoga and that's why we meditate and take time for ourselves to journal and have a daily practice and to come home. Home to peace. And the other practice that I would love for you to do is to get outside, shut off your phone, and be with others, be with just yourself and the trees or wherever you're at, and let all technology go. Digital, phone, computer, just let it go for an hour, two hours, three hours. Let it stretch as long as you can. If you could have big chunks of time, big swaths of time, whether you're alone or with family over the next month, put away the phones and invite the awkwardness with curiosity and invite the hard conversations with curiosity Take time for yourself as you move through this season when there's lots of others around and expectations of how things should go. Take time to be in nature. Eat nourishing food. Get sunlight. Get water. Get sleep. Laugh easily, sing freely, <laughs> and I will be back in December. I welcome your feedback and questions beforehand. And without further ado, here is the singing introduction and then a conversation with Andy and a practice for you. Namaste. Last night I pulled two, three medicine cards, animal medicine cards, and then I randomly opened up to this page of Martha Beck's The Way of Integrity Finding the Path to Your True Self, which I will link to in the show notes. And I wanted to read you a quote. The instruction for your next step is the ultimate self-help strategy, the one practice that could end all your suffering and get you all the way to happiness. Stop lying. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? And it is. From a logistical standpoint, we've already seen that lying is hard and toxic. 
while truth-telling is relaxing and healthy. Here's the rub. If you stop lying, you'll eventually, inevitably, violate the rules of a culture that matter to you. Remember, a culture is any set of social rules that guide behavior for any assortment of people. Every couple creates a little culture of its own. Ditto for families and friendships. Then there are the big cultural identities, religion, ethnic, national, and so on. Pressure from one or more of these social groups is what convinced you to act against your own sense of truth in the first place. And I want you to reflect on that. These little cultures within your life that convince you to act against your own sense of truth. She continues, cultures need our cooperation to survive. So they're designed to control our behavior. All cultures do this by threatening or inflicting what psychiatrist Mario Martinez calls the three archetypal wounds, abandonment, betrayal, and shame. You may recognize these and you can reflect this for yourself. This is Sage now, not Martha. These are big parts of what keeps us stuck in not telling the truth. Fear of abandonment, betrayal, and shame. Shame keeps us in secrecy. And shame tells us that we need to keep our secrets, that we need to keep holding on to these things, otherwise nobody will love us and everyone will run away. The shame and fear of abandonment and fear of betrayal keep us stuck. For me in my own life, my shame around my drinking kept me stuck for a long time. The secrets that I kept of how much pain I was in. How much pain I was, not just from drinking, but in many of my relationships, swallowing the truth of how I felt, staying stuck in a city that really did not serve me for a long time. And it didn't start when I moved to LA. These things started a long time ago. Shame of sex, shame of my body, Shame of desire, shame of needs. Shame arises because we are, are afraid that these parts of ourselves, the needy parts, the parts that are angry at times or have big emotions or are tired or lazy or whatever we decided really early on were not lovable about us based on our own childhood and what we perceived. They create these layers of shame that are with us, that cover over the true natural expression of who we are and the joy of who we are deep down inside. I often say that we don't meet people's true goodness and nobility We meet their guard dogs. We meet the plaster over the golden Buddha inside. And the way through 
to uncover and unravel the truth and joy and love that is pure at your center is to tell the truth because then shame and fear of abandonment and betrayal, they won't have all that they need to keep you sick and safe because you'll see that the world responds not how you feared it would respond in abandoning you. You might have people that will shift their relationship to you because you disrupt the little cultures. But the world will reflect back to you your integrity. And then to trust that. To trust that your integrity will lead you to a place of joy. And it's joyful in the process. When I stopped drinking and really started to take an honest look at myself, my own behavior and taking full responsibility every step of the way as I'm continuing, how am I showing up? What is my responsibility in this situation? And then also expressing my truth, expressing the desires that I actually have and not trying to fit what I need or I want into other people's needs and wants. She continues about abandonment and betrayal and shame that they immobilize us, freezing us in place place at the center of our inner hell, which is why the threat to any of them is such an effective tool of social control. To be whole and free, we must move forward anyway. But when we're facing cultural pressure, following the way of integrity can feel almost impossible. I love that there's a bird chirping. Oh, it can. It can feel almost impossible when it feels like everything around you has become a gilded cage or a not so gilded cage of holding you in a place of being stuck and not in alignment with the truth of who you are. But that truth has a freedom ring to it and it will keep calling you back. So I wanted to share that quote from Martha Beck and my reflections on that. Let me know how it resonates. And... Think about, reflect on the role that the fear of abandonment, betrayal, and shame have on your life. And you don't need to stop lying all together if you don't want. But how can you come into right relationship by telling the truth? Start a little and then let it expand. Start a little bit more and let it expand till your insides match your outsides. That you don't shove down emotions because you want to please other people. That you don't pretend because you want to please other people. You don't hide because you 
have shame. As Rumi says, open your hands if you want to be held and see with both, close your eyes to see with the third eye. Open your hands if you want to be held and close both eyes to see with the third eye. If you have a story of how telling the truth is hard or scary or that you know you need to, get in touch and let me know. I want to hear your stories of your path of integrity. Field notes. Welcome to Peaceful by Nature. It's Sage, and today I have a very special guest who I talked about in the last podcast, and if you are ever in a class with me, you probably hear me mention my husband, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> we are in our bedroom right now, and it's the first time I'm recording on an actual mic. It's pretty exciting. Hmm. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. And I'm really curious to hear how a conversation shifts my podcast recording voice. I am on a mission to have a normal voice on recording. It is so hard for me hmm. because I am so self-conscious. Oh. And I'm aware that I'm being recorded. And I hear people on podcasts, they're like, I just have people in and it's like the mic isn't there at all and I'm like I don't believe you <laughs> because it is very difficult for me to have a conversation without feeling that the microphone is there and that I somehow need to perform why like where does the because yeah I don't know that I, I forget that the mic is there but like where what drives the thought that like I need to perform in some way? Well, that is the whole unraveling and mm -hmm. why I wanted to record such an intimate um, conversation today with the person who knows me best and hangs out with me the most and to have it be for public consumption with the people I'm primarily in the public with and teaching with because I'm interested in how to break down that performance element of myself mm. and be undivided. To be undivided from the person I am at home to the person I am out in the world. And this is my... I mean, I'm literally in the most intimate place we could be is our bedroom. We're recording in our bedroom. And I'm recording with a shirt off because... I can record with a shirt off. And I heard you today in a work meeting talk about how you spend, would you say, 95% of your life without a shirt on? Right now, lately. Yeah, it's about as good as it gets. Exactly. And I was reflecting on that like most of the day. How I, <laughs> no, I really wish I could go around in yeah. the world without my shirt on. And how, like, my days 
in a big way are focused on when am I going to be able to take my shirt off Mm. and be okay with that like I can't be out in public with a shirt off I really want to be out in the sun and in the water and experiencing Maui shirtless all the time and I come home and I feel like there's this there's always been something between my breasts and the world so my nervous system is always uh, responsive to that when I take my shirt off Mm. and how there's a constant protection right around my heart because of really early trauma just somatically that I have a response as a woman in the world um, that closes my heart down a little bit and makes me really protective and that doesn't feel good to live in and then it takes a lot to open it back up to you every single day and so sometimes you get the person who's been doing her best in the world to be open-hearted and loving with the people she's working with while also maintaining boundaries and having conversations with my family and my friends and interacting with people in public and constantly negotiating how open do I keep my heart and it closes down and then I come home and then you get a little bit of a guarded sage Mm -hmm. and I mean you see the worst and the best the most vulnerable and the goofiest and and all of it so that to say that is part of the performance is negotiating how close am I allowed to be with this person and I think that the performance is a shield a vulnerability shield Mm -hmm. and so being physically more naked helps in some ways like I have to be more emotionally vulnerable and naked and that's what I'm interested in having um, that to me is integrity and I think that's something that differentiates between like the different ways that we think about integrity but I talk about integrity a lot with my students and that's how I want to live is in transparency hmm. in integrity yeah so that's all a long rambling intro and yeah. things I didn't even realize I was going to say what's coming up as I'm saying all this well, what's I mean, going on in your body different things uh, I mean what you just said made me wonder because how are you defining like what does integrity mean there and how are you differentiating between like integrity and something like authenticity mm. um I want to answer that question and then I also want to hear your impact on everything I shared about not wearing a shirt and (laughs) closing down my heart Um, and I don't know I don't know how I'm differentiating between authenticity and integrity integrity and authenticity are interwoven and integrity I'm thinking of Primarily in the way that Martha Beck talks about it, which is integrated and whole and 
she says returning to true nature, which is to me living in way living in wholeness undivided, undivided in my psyche, an undivided mind to body, and undivided from my environment. And that comes with like alignment of right action in the world, which I think is that is authenticity as well. Like my authentic self is my integrated self, is my self in integrity. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? Uh, I don't know. Like, because in part it seems useful to be clear on like what the differences are. Yeah. Rather than roll them into kind of like this one is this one is this one I totally agree and I'm not saying that I I just haven't figured out what those two differences are oh cool yeah yeah I'm none of this is like these are the things I have thoroughly thought through and have all the answers to all of my answers to everything all the work in progress work in progress I don't know if it's a work it's a play it's a yeah it's an evolution yeah and what we were talking about last night, which you weren't listening to our conversation last night, but we had a conversation last night about uh, signaling, that ship signaling to each other. Mm. Can you describe that? Because I feel like that was such a good metaphor. Sure. Uh, I was thinking it related to stuff we had done uh, with work team earlier that day and things had come up as far as words like evaluation and judgment mm-hmm. and so I asked because we were, we're basically a, a buddy of mine was like leading a, kind of like a mini nonviolent communication workshop mm-hmm. um, with our core team that's nonviolent communication we will be talking about this in a future episode probably <laughs> um, and so he mentioned that you know that NVC um, one important thing is to kind of notice and differentiate between like observations and evaluations um and so i one thing that seemed important to me that i was just curious about was that you know does nvc differentiate between like evaluations and judgments because i think you can treat those words as very different and it's useful to to see some nuance there or that the the word uh empathy came up in a bunch of contexts Mm -hmm. and so I was curious if, because some some groups and people treat like empathy and compassion, for example, as though they're the same thing and use them interchangeably, um, and then other people um, treat them as fairly different. And it, yeah, like I, I think that there are some useful differences there. But it it the 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 kind of analogy that, that it seemed like was that it's similar to semaphore, which is. A, a system of communication where people on ships would in essence like hold up different kinds of flags and hold them in different positions he's holding up his arms and he's demonstrating different positions he yeah. looks like a cheerleader with no pom-poms to, to communicate from ship to ship mm-hmm. um, and but that often language feels kind of like you and I are like both holding up a sign to try to communicate a thing and that fairly frequently what happens is that like somebody holds up a, a square and the other person holds up a rhombus 
and both people are like, oh, cool, yeah, same thing. And mm-hmm. like we just have like all these little misunderstandings or miscommunications as far as like how the symbols don't quite mean the same thing to us in certain ways. Yeah, and I feel that one of the best things about how our conversations have evolved over time is becoming more nuanced in how we define things mm-hmm. because of the importance. I get frustrated by words because I don't feel that they can, I don't think, I don't think, because it's not a feeling, I don't think they can capture the fullness of human experience. Alex is going to be really happy that you caught yourself. Oh, you're welcome, Alex. I hope you're listening. And I am also a big lover of words and love to put them together in ways that can communicate to the best of my capacity what it is to be a sage and also be a sage being my experience of being me and also to articulate ideas. It's an incredible technology that we have, these words and ways of communication. And I feel that, I think that having nuanced conversations about what is integrity, what is authenticity, what is compassion, what is empathy, and having a conversation, not that we have to come to a decisive conclusion, the conversation is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm sure plenty of our friends dislike that I point out <laughs> or question some of those things sometimes, mm. but yeah it just feels like uh, yeah because yeah language I think is is beautiful and amazing and also completely inadequate mm. <laughs> for how we attempt to use it a lot of the time mm-hmm. um, but yeah the m- more we kind of hone it and are careful with it the more it's a really useful tool especially for kind of like understanding how we are actually seeing the world and defining it for ourselves Mm -hmm. and noticing what stories we are telling ourselves. And even the structure of our particular language shapes those stories because the language is built on metaphor that is based on culture from a long time ago so when we speak a specific language it's we're speaking cultural inheritance of where we came from in a lot of ways and so yeah it's really important to yeah to, there, i mean yeah it feels tough to say i do know some small things there as far as the like like there's a cool study looking at like because the word i think it's bridge oh it's been too long but i think it's that it's masculine in German and feminine in, in French French uh-huh. it could be flipped but the, the, basically like that because of that like if you ask people who speak that language to describe a bridge they'll use words that we tend to associate with other like masculine and feminine traits which I'm wary of those terms anyway but that's Which, maybe an entirely other conversation well I think it's probably many conversations because I feel I think I know <laughs> that mask the conversation around feminine energy and masculine energy 
is dominant in the work that I do, and it's also more and more prevalent within widespread culture as far as the need to balance the two individually as well as within relationships, regardless of gender or sex. And so I think that there's a much longer conversation about that probably yet to be yeah I think I think there's some things that can be blown up there in useful ways right do we want to dive more into integrity and authenticity I think we can do that or if you I don't know if you want to read the question maybe yeah so we didn't have a particular question that anyone sent in for Andy and I we had enthusiasm that Andy was going to be coming on the podcast. And uh, I also had some comments about how brave I was being asking Andy to come on the podcast. I mm-hmm. probably because it's an intimate relationship. And I'm not sure why. I don't know what projections people have yeah, about. I wonder what that was. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I really appreciate you being here so far. It's felt like the most joyful uh, conversation. No, that's not true. I I had a really nice time last time in the forest. Hmm. That was really delightful. And I liked the alone casts and they're difficult. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun to have a conversation. And I feel like it also is really nice to have prepped and done all the things that we did up to this point. If this podcast turns out to be even not great, that's okay because I really liked the conversations that led to this point. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> so we're going to read the question, the full question that inspired last week's or last moon's podcast because I feel this is something that is perplexing and on the mind and in the hearts and souls of a lot of people. And Brittany articulated it really well, so Andy's going to read the full email, which we didn't get to read last time. I found your podcast on my ride home from sea glass hunting at the beach. The beach is my place of peace, refuge, and balance. On my 40-minute ride home, I was listening to your September question podcast and found myself at more than one time in tears, in gratitude, in awareness. I've never connected to a person or a voice like this. I am, as I'm writing this, listening to your August question podcast because I ended the first and found myself so comforted and longing for more. I just wanted to email you, let you know that you touched me today and you are truly a beautiful soul. Thank you for being vulnerable, for finding your authentic voice, (laughs) and sharing it with the public. My question for you, if I might, would be, what is my purpose? As I am in my late 30s, this question still is so perplexing to me. If you choose to feature my question as your October podcast, I would be so grateful. This is also my birth month. Thank you so much, Brittany. It was really delightful to read your email, and I am grateful that you found the podcast and how appropriate that you brought up authenticity, because that's my goal. (laughs) That's my goal. And... We're going to dive into this question, Andy and I, a little bit more. I focused a lot on rest and giving yourself time for rest and a deep dive into some thoughts on purpose. So 
check out the October New Moon episode for the solo cast in the forest on purpose. And Andy, now we're going to have a conversation. Sure. Yeah. How do you define purpose? How do you define meaning? Um, so I, I think there are a bunch of ways, and I don't know that they necessarily all even agree with each other all the time. Um, I think the way I'll tend to use it today, at least, that when we're talking about meaning, it's mm, the, yeah, like the, the sense of why or the sense of importance that we are linking to a thing that we're kind of like taking because you could simply just look at events happening mm-hmm. yeah one after the next and zero meaning to them that um, I think meaning is something often because of things like culture belief value systems that we're kind of Mm. Um, either stringing events together narratively mm. um, and, and I think narrative in the broad sense there um, but how we yeah ass- assign a sense of important significance why this thing oh my gosh I'm just having this realization as you're saying this about why I feel we have a different purpose Fullness or purposelessness in our country versus maybe other countries because of the way you just described meaning. So as I'm picturing what meaning is, it's like how we correlate different events or how we connect different events mm-hmm. and create a sense of through line or a structure to create a why, a feeling of security almost around us. I think it can be. Yeah, like it's a way that we kind of zoom in or out mm-hmm. on things. So like Ikigai, have you heard that? Like uh, I know the phrase, I don't remember. It's, from remember what I understand, it's a Japanese term and it means your reason for living. Okay. And your Ikigai, from what I understand, is your role within a society. And that to me is also how in some Buddhists context they talk about dharma it's your role within your life or your life path and your purpose and that creates a sense of meaning in your life because there's a way that you're moving through the world that feels it's so hard to like to not use the word meaning (laughs) because it gives you a sense of safety i guess Or maybe it's just a pacifier for existential dread. But that one reason that Brittany and is like so many others, and I question this too, purposefulness or purposeless feeling is that we are so um, taken out of a, a society or a culture that we feel needed within our communities. And that sense of like ikigai or your dharma is hard to find when you're living in an isolated bubble by yourself with a very like individualized me. I need to find my purpose. I need to heal. I, 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 I. Instead of 
Yeah. How can I be in service of something I mean, greater? I, I think there are ways, and this kind of links back to what we were talking about earlier, but I think there are little ways, to my mind, that it feels useful to tweak the phrasing there. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I feel like people often talk about like, like finding meaning mm. or finding purpose. And I think that's the wrong verb. And I, I think we do this a, a lot in American society. Um, like we use slightly different verbs. And I think it sometimes has pretty profound consequences about how we think about things. Because uh, to my mind, at least, that like that purpose and meaning are things you create. Mm-hmm. You don't find them. Like as in it's not waiting out there like that there's and this I mean in, in part I'm, I'm sure there are people who will disagree because it's the way that I think the universe <laughs> is but that like I don't I don't think that there is some God something any kind of supernatural thing anything that has kind of like laid out a purpose for me and it's like oh if only I could find it and I'm looking it's that if I if I want a sense of meaning and purpose, I need to give myself clear steps for how I go and create it. And I, th- I think that that is a thing that is possible. But to my mind, it's that like if, if and this ties into, we talked about, maybe we'll talk about some about like the concept of uh, unnecessary suffering. Mm. But that I, I think we often create like suffering is just going to be like the state of existence to some degree like that's that's how things work but um that we can kind of add on to what's going to be there more just by dint of existence by doing things like how we frame the universe to ourselves Mm -hmm. because if i'm telling myself that that there was like a path laid out for me and I'm somehow not on it. Yeah. That's gonna, that's gonna suck. Like that's gonna hurt a lot. And yeah, I don't know that I see any reason to believe that that's actually the way things function. Mm -hmm. But I think that doesn't mean you can't have a sense of meaning or purpose. Like I, I find pretty beautiful, profound meaning in my day to day life. Because you created it. Yeah. Or you created the frame within your own psychology to have meaning in your life. I think so. Yeah. How do you find meaning for you? Um, uh, I mean, some of it ties into kind of the zooming in and out thing again. Like that... Uh, like in some ways, like almost literally zooming in and out it's still figurative but that like you know that because I got to study some light astrophysics stuff in college it made it easier to kind of get a sense of scope of things like I think really that scope is beyond our imagination of how relatively small we are yeah, of like how both utterly insignificant this tiny little rock is in the scope of things, but also how beautiful it is, mm. um, and the mix of the two. And I then wish you could see his eyes; they're getting like hmm. misty. <laughs> oh, 
Carl Sagan. But like being able to zoom back from it, like it's there's such a beauty and a wonder to you know, like for trillions of miles in any direction. It it's just it's beautiful in other ways maybe, but it's it's a really shitty place to be. Mm-hmm. Um like and yeah, that there's I think that there's meaning and wonder that can be created even just in the sense of like, oh this kind of like thirteen point eight billion ish year trip that this thing is on and I get to kind of like pop into existence for just a piece of it and that I get to be part of a species that is just smart enough to kind of understand some of those things like that I can understand some of the like scope and distance between all that stuff and how seemingly rare some of this is both that like it seems like it's virtually guaranteed that there's other stuff that can do this out there with how much there is life being yeah yeah Yeah. and conscious life conscious Um, yeah and with distance and time and all kinds of limitations maybe we never get to hang out and talk with them but that yeah, to me, there's there's pretty profound meaning and beauty in simply being a conscious creature that gets to understand and experience those things. Mm-hmm. That I get to be part of the universe experiencing itself. Yeah, and a part of the universe that's podcasting in their very warm bedroom in Maui, yeah, it's looking, at, looking at the West Maui Mountains. I it's the vast and overwhelming and hugeness that also makes me or allows me to find meaning in really small intimate and how overwhelmingly beautiful it is that we have so much going on as individual conscious beings, the amount of emotions that happen in me in one day, it's so incredible that this is happening eight billion times over on the planet. Mm. I don't know that it gives me a sense of meaning. It gives me a sense of I'm not alone Mm. in the human experience. And the more I connect to other people and hear the parallel stories of of pain and trauma and growth and happiness and joy and loss and grief and creativity and orgasms and just the experience of being a human alive on the planet at this time. Maybe it's not a sense of meaning, it's a sense of awe and wonder that I have on a daily basis, which is pretty meaningful. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate your answer. <laughs> and it takes the pressure off. I feel I don't know that I had the idea in my mind earlier on that I had a purpose somewhere outside of myself and I needed to go and find it. It felt more like there was something inside of me that I was supposed to find and then bring it forth and give it to the world like 
my potential my was my seed inside and that I would bring it out and be my purpose <laughs> like yeah. I would bloom into my dharma and be in my dharma and I have respond to that that's not where the, I'm at now and I yeah. want to hear your ideas yeah I mean that it, it seems to me like ultimately that falls prey to the same kinds of problems because it it's yeah instead of it's simply just kind of like taking something that like something else has a plan for me and putting it inside of like (laughs) there is a plan for me Mm. and yeah like I don't know it, it, it seems linked and we talked about maybe talking about this stuff some but like that with things like yeah social programming mm-hmm. and how and also just kind of like how we seem to be wired biologically like that we're we're, we're built to worry about what other people think of us of yeah like we're, we're built to almost have a sense of like oh there is like a bigger thing that I need to be paying attention to mm-hmm. um and adhering to in order to kind of like be either accepted or loved or mm, yeah yes accepted loved and kept safe from a really early age you're just like that's good that's bad that's good that's bad that's good that's bad and i want to be the good things so that i'm loved and i'm safe and i don't want to be the bad things and i will reject all the bad things that are inside myself and also in other people and that's so, that's social programming. Yeah. Well, and the good and bad things feels like it's very generalized. <laughs> it's it's like little tiny pre, oh, oh, like just starting to talk age decisions that I think our brains make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it feels. To my mind, it seems useful to differentiate some there as far as what we like good and bad. Because mm. um, I do think that, like, if if somebody l- wants to kind of like create a sense of meaning and purpose, mm-hmm. tying it into thing like getting clear on what their values are. Mm-hmm. And then getting clear on where those values came from and if they're really theirs or if it's something where they've kind of taken on aspects of value systems from other people. And if so, that that's fine. That's the way things tend to go. But also then like put them aside and maybe figure out others. Um, yes. Okay. I want to pause because Andy just did a brilliant job bringing us back to the actual question because I was just taking it sort of all over the place. Can, that's like an equation that is, or a way of framing it, I think that is really helpful for Brittany's question, as well as for yeah. a lot of people who are in lives of transition. And and even if you're not in a big transition, I feel this is really some of the most important work to do is to reflect on how you're living your life. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like, getting really clear on like 
and it, maybe it's just this is just my bias and <laughs> relates to what we were talking about before but like getting really clear on what you actually mean by some of those things um like and what what some of those different values are that both like that are yours and maybe that you would like to embody in some way and then because I think you can I don't think they're synonymous but I, I think often when people think of purpose they're they're thinking at least in part in terms of impact of like that I want to have some kind of impact on the world on other humans in some way shape or form mm-hmm. um and both that that can get a little bit clearer yeah like I, I don't know that you can really create like a formula for meaning and purpose no. but like kind <laughs> of because yeah like if if you in essence are saying like oh, okay these are the actual things that i i value and that i think are of value mm-hmm. and these are the ways in which I, these are the values through which I kind of create a sense of meaning in my existence. And this is the kind of impact that I would like to have on others and other people's lives. Then you can more clearly frame through for yourself, like, okay, so what are the actual steps that I want to go through in terms of doing, having, achieving those things? So Um, let's do it. Can we speak it through? Because I feel like it, I think that examples will help. We with, can try. Yeah. So for you in your life, what are the top three values? And then the tiny little question of what impact do you desire to have or want to have or gives you purpose in the world? Um... Yeah, I mean, this feels like something that's a little tricky to just wing, but... <laughs> um, well, I feel like if, sure. if, if we're asking other people to feel through, think through this, not feel through this, think through this, and feel how these values feel in your body, I think about these things a lot. And so I, I think that if it is if it feels like you're winging it, that's okay. We don't have to have the end goal. We don't have to have it all figured out. We get to discover it. Sure. And this is not the end. The answer that you have here doesn't define you forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you want to do? I'd love to know your values. Um, I mean, lots. Mm-hmm. I think... Some of the top three to five-ish are things like, yeah, joy and nature and growth related to insight and something like truth, um, integrity. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. I mean, you do think about these things, don't you? Yeah. And they're not necessarily, like, going to be at the tip of my tongue. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It, it just... I was confused because I've heard you say them before to other people through your work. Sure. 
So I, I had assumed, I had made assumptions that they were something that you, um, not that they would be at the tip of your tongue, but that it wouldn't catch you so off guard. So I'm sorry if I caught you off guard. No, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So joy, nature, growth related to insight, a sense of truth or something related to truth and integrity were the five. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And are you saying that the impact is based on those values in creating a sense of purpose? Mm, Maybe. I think that it can be. Mm -hmm. Um, I think defining what impact means is going to be a really good clear and like where it comes from like is it coming from a desire to be recognized or because mm. I feel like there are, there can be all kinds of reasons to want to have an impact that are problematic yes we talked that won't lead to what people are probably looking for sorry to interrupt I no, just got excited yeah. because it overlapped with last month I talked about external versus intrinsic like external versus internal validation mm-hmm. or recognition mm-hmm. as well as true god or true refuge and false refuge so places where we're getting our sense of value from essentially uh, so go back and check out another plug for last month's episode <laughs> <laughs> So articulating, we have another podcast. It'll be called. It'll be called. We'll need to define that. Yeah. We'll need to define that, and it'll just be us talking about all these different words sure. that we'll need to define yeah. because that is a big part of the conversation that I hear you having with other people, as well as a lot of conversations we have, is defining things, which is really important. And so, just defining your impact and why you are doing what you're doing. And I spoke about this last time on about how Balanced by Sage, the previous health and wellness work that I was doing, was not from a place of truth. It was not from a place of integrity. And therefore, no matter how much effort I put into it, it didn't feel purposeful because I was doing it to get approval from other people. Mm. And this that I... I think is what people are searching for when we talk about Dharma within YTT is this feeling of I feel most aligned with my purpose and a sense of meaning and it feels like a river. It feels like I'm in a river of flow and it doesn't necessarily mean everything is going well and smooth. There might be big like whitewater and there might be currents and things but I'm listening to my surroundings and I'm adapting well and I'm learning from my environment and we're having healthy conversations and healthy sex and I'm feeling balanced in how much individual time I'm spending and healthy boundaries at work and loving what I do and also loving my time off and it feels like purpose or dharma is not one particular thing it's not the job I'm doing it's not how many whales I'm saving it's not many how many it's not anything except for this internal feeling of peace ease even as things are changing and everything so that leads back to 
Oh, where did I start with that? Um, something about the Dharma. With which part of it? Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I forgot how I got on that whole tangent. <laughs> okay. That's I mean, okay, I liked it. Okay. The impact, the impact is what I was saying, whether it's external value, external validation or internal validation or external praise or internal knowing. Mm -hmm. um, you were talking about the equation <laughs> for purpose. I know that's not a great word. Um, the, I'm just a little wary of it. Right. So a way that potentially you could explore finding meaning or not finding, creating meaning or purpose yeah, I think it would be both get clear on like what those core values are and what the ways that you pursue them are. Mm -hmm. um, like for mine, integrity, I get, I feel like I get to kind of pursue at almost any point as long as I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, similar with truth. Things like joy um, and nature like you know Ukumahame is 12 minutes away most of the time mm -hmm. um, yeah I think that's Andy's favorite surf spot yeah. for those of you who don't know what Ukumahame is which is probably many of you probably um, <laughs> yeah I, like, I think there are all kinds of ways that I get to pursue those all the time mm -hmm. and ways that you and I get to engage that feel really valuable um, as far as creation of a sense of purpose through those, as far as like impact, it seems like it could, one thing to explore at least would be to think about like, okay, so, you know, if, if nature is one of those really top things, for example, then think about like yeah, joining a group like that allows for, um, you to kind of like feel as though you know, whether it's like going in and playing with tree planting or like here on Miami there's all kinds of stuff as far as that goes mm -hmm. that I think would allow people to have a clear sense of like purpose with why and how they're doing it I guess in taking a value and then having a value and putting it into action embodying that value in some way in the world sure and yeah thinking about like what is Am I, in essence, hoping to kind of like, in a broader sense, just alleviate suffering that people are experiencing? Am I hoping to, I don't know, yeah, support or teach or explore or, but yeah, getting clear on like what exactly feels important as far as that sense of impact goes? Mm -hmm. um, Do you have that for yourself? Because it's something I've tried to to assess out for myself as well and I'm I'm unclear except for the impact that I have on my own psyche and well-being I don't feel like I have much of a control over the impact I have on a particular number of people or how to even best go about that because I often don't know that people have told me reflected back to me that I'm a really powerful healer and I don't ever feel comfortable taking that word because I don't feel that I'm healing anyone. 
I feel that the way that I show up in space with other people is to the best of my capacity a place of true, authentic, open, unconditional love. And then that calm nervous system and open, loving awareness in that space, healing just happens. And so the impact, I can't tell because it it depends on so many things that for myself, I haven't yet defined or I don't know that I ever will. Like, this is the impact I want to have on the world. Do you have that? A sense of, I want to have a particular impact? Uh, sort of. Um, it's not a thing I... In some aspect, yes. Like, I feel like this is a, a massive <laughs> conversation on its own, maybe. Yeah. Um, All these are. <laughs> yeah. The short version is something like... Uh, I, I feel like I get to at least through some of the work that I get to do. Um, and especially just kind of like pointing out, both like helping people pursue what they want to pursue, but then also pointing out ways in which they can maybe reframe how they think about why they do what they do. Can you describe um, that a little bit more? Like the work the work that you do and how you do that with the people you work with? Um, yeah, I mean, our company basically kind of like helps kids apply to college and we work with both like paying clients and then we work with a, a ton of students for free and then we build a, a, a ton of free resources on things like yeah how to to everything from like how to, to write the stuff for the application to like we have a, a beautiful big guide on like how scholarships work and how kids can pay for those things can I um, sing your praises for a moment sure okay I want to reflect back that I I feel so um, grateful that you're doing this work with these people at this particular time in their lives when I overhear you talking to these students and think back to how confusing and overwhelming life was yeah. At that time in my life when I was at the end of high school and navigating being a human being at that time, it's so overwhelming and I had no one to turn to that wasn't overly stressed in the public school system or parents that weren't completely on their own journeys of of life. <laughs> and to navigate it with someone like you and the way that your company treats things like values and critical thinking and really thinking through things and also vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think that the work that you do is really awesome. And so pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we do in some ways really similar work because we're meeting people at big transitional times in their lives. Yeah. Which is why I think it's really cool to have this conversation about meaning and purpose because Yes, I don't know. It's I. I think I'm fairly lucky in that I have a sense of meaning, purpose in getting to do those things, and I also I think I've kind of unwound a lot of the programming and wiring around 
needing much of a sense of meaning or purpose to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean by unwound or rewiring? Um, just getting decently good at noticing all the ways that both like culturally and, and maybe biologically I'm built to worry about um, it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying that you talked about some last time but like where things like validation come from um, that I've gotten to a point that I'm decently good at least at just not caring what other people think of me in that sense that like I that <laughs> can you tell us where you were before and um, where you are now I, I think where I mean pretty much everybody is or starts as far as that like there's a worry you know worries around um, what makes me of value what do other people think um, yeah how do I get and maintain a sense of approval um, things along those lines and that I just I don't know like I for me it was I had a really lucky thing that I've talked to you about before um, when I was like 24 or so I was laying on the, the couch in our house in LA and I was reading Whitman and there's a really beautiful line um, that it, it goes something like, you know, that I am as I am and, and that is enough. And if the whole world be aware, I sit content. And if nobody be aware, I sit content. Um, and I remember just kind of having a beautiful like moment of like, oh shit, like that's, that's true. Like, it doesn't actually matter if anybody is aware of it or not. Like, my value is simply, like, inherent in being a conscious thing. Mm-hmm. And that... And then it took a long time of just noticing when all kinds of different parts of my brain that are built and modeled in certain ways would fire and not feel that way but then just kind of like gently say telling it like no you're wrong like and that's okay but like just slowly helping my system to notice or understand that like no like I don't need those things to be of value mm-hmm. like that it, I am and, and th- no more and no worse than any any anyone thing. else anything else this is what I that is integrity to me if that's the feeling of coming home undivided within myself being whole within mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. that I I sit content and increasingly so at the end of the day when I lay it down under the stars that's like my big oh good job Mm. for this day and reflect how I showed up and have an honest reflection it's not perfect but I am so content and to me 
there is no way that it even compares to anything that I could get from the outside. It doesn't matter. It really is starting not to matter what other people say to me for me to feel that sense of contentment. Mm. And I can also feel and see almost, I can I can feel this like my nervous system react of, please like me, please validate me. Yeah. And, and then as you were saying, like recognizing those different parts, which is like internal family systems. That's a big part of, of what it is, is recognizing those parts of ourselves that are protective of of our bodies and, and they split and that the part of becoming whole becoming integrated and ultimately becoming peace <laughs> becoming yeah whole becoming peaceful mm-hmm. inside regardless of what has happened I don't know if I'm using that word right is welcoming those parts and soothing those parts and also recognizing that they're not telling the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that sometimes we can get tied up in needing to soothe all of those parts, and that's really wonderful, but ultimately recognizing that it's ego identification. It's never going to give you that sense of wholeness that being content with yourself gives you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what are things that have felt useful in yeah like noticing those things Mm. and shifting that relationship (sighs) well a lot has helped me on this path number one was to stop drinking which I've talked about a lot (laughs) and then because I numbed those parts for so long, I became very aware of other ways I was numbing and like trying to self-soothe and self-distract from those voices because those voices are pretty critical as well because they're looking for outside validation and then they're either criticizing somebody else or they're criticizing me if I'm not getting the exact right behavior from that person. So if you, if the outside world is not reflecting back my awesomeness at all times, my inside voice is very mean to me. And so it's been a process of recognizing the mean inside voice and questioning her and not being in constant argument with her, but asking like, what are you protecting me from? Mm. And then self-soothing in the true self way of recognizing that the parts of me that are looking for external validation are things that I can either ask for from people I love and trust and reprogram my neurology or my biochemistry by co-regulating nervous systems with you and with people that I love and trust or it's self-soothing and for me getting into nature and being in solitude is the best way to do that and journaling journaling has really helped because it gave me time to be by myself where I wasn't constantly people pleasing and giving all of my time and energy away from dawn till dusk to make sure that the outside world was really giving me the thumbs up in order to feel okay 
Does that answer your question? I think so. Yeah. Good. And that's the impact I want to have on other people is to be a safe space to co-regulate nervous systems mm. and also to be a safe space to recognize all of the parts inside of you, whoever's listening, that are seeking external validation. They're not wrong or they're not bad. They're not true. And they're also often wounded parts that need healing and mm-hmm. love and support and and creative expression and lots of things. And the things that are healthy, like meditation and journaling and ultimately the things that bring true joy, where I find true joy. So I don't know if we answered your question, Brittany, but hopefully we gave you some thoughts. Yeah, I feel like we kind of meandered a bunch. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to come back and talk about a lot of this again. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot we could still probably unpack as far as where it seems like a lot of those things can come from in people. Yeah. And I feel... I think that we will come back and we will and that this conversation felt like a fun end of the day conversation with me swirling and spiraling and dancing all around with all sorts of ideas that are living in my body and a really great introduction to you and because because it was true it was honest it felt it it felt really nice cool yeah the first conversation that i've ever had on the podcast and it feels vulnerable and it feels fun and it feels like i have no idea what we said and i'm excited to listen back to it yeah it'll be interesting it will be interesting and we welcome feedback i welcome feedback you can email me at wildsacredsage at gmail.com and if you are on Maui I well you know what by the time this comes out the cacao ceremony will be over stay tuned if you want to follow me on Instagram if you are not following me already it's wildsacredsage and that's where I post all of the ceremonies the cacao ceremonies and sound baths that I heal that I host, that I heal, that I host, and then also the yoga classes and all the happenings of what I'm doing on island, I post on Instagram. I'm spending less and less time on Instagram, and that doesn't mean I don't want to show you beautiful pictures of the sunset beach. It's just that I never want to bring my phone with me. So apologies for that, but know that I'm enjoying and living what I say 
you should do, which is spend time outside in nature without your phone and get off your devices into nature, into your hearts and connect with one another. That's it. Send in your questions for next month, wildsacredsage at gmail.com. Check out my website, wildsacredcollective.com. And I will see you back here next month for the December new moon, the final new moon of the year. Have a beautiful day. Yeah. Bye. Namaste. Namaste. So we want, yeah, I want to circle back to the beginning because I started with a I started by saying that I was recording shirtless and my decision around that, which was intentional. And I asked your, what the impact was with everything that I shared about desiring to go topless and not being able to and closing down my heart and all the things I said about it. So... I'd love to hear your feelings. Yeah, it makes me, yeah, sad that that you feel the need, and I think understandably, <laughs> to be protective. Um, I don't know, especially that like that the need to kind of like physically protect and play along with certain social norms then leads to like an emotional walling that's a bummer mm-hmm. yeah it's a big bummer yeah. <laughs> it sucks Because it's not fun to live guarded. It's not fun to live in a place that feels like I have to constantly be on guard. Yeah. And so much of our society is set up to tell us that we need to be different. So it like adds a layer to it. And that there's not space, there's not space for feeling, there's not space for love. Like if I make eye contact with the wrong people on the beach, it feels like they're going to be like, do you want to marry me? Or like, I know that that people are so starved for like attention and love that if I approach people with an open heart, it gets confusing. Mm-hmm. And it hurts to have to like wall up and have this protective shield did it resonate with you when I said that I come home and you you don't receive you're not the recipient of but that there's like this it like takes time for me to unravel and become undefended and tender again Mm -hmm. at the end of the day do you feel that yeah how does that feel? Does it feel like 
mean? <laughs> no. Like, it also feels like, like m- m- many things, it feels like a, yeah, sad, a bummer that this is how we have built this thing and what we do to each other. But this thing being our society. Yeah. And mm. the rules we have invented and what it does to people. But yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. As far as yeah, like by that's okay, I mean yeah, I think it's totally understandable that that's how you come home. Mm-hmm. Does it impact you? Do you feel like why is Sage shut down or I mean, I don't know because I don't know mm. what you're, how it feels in the in the house. I just know that I f- don't feel great mm. at the end of the day all the time. Like there's this period of real openness and beauty in my work. I feel so aligned when I am teaching yoga teacher training. When I'm teaching yoga, I really love, 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 love my work, and I love being in the sacred sexuality circles it feels so open and I feel really open when I'm by myself and then there's all of these other ways that I'm negotiating things in public that Mm -hmm. feel like they close me down and maybe it's that like I feel so open and then protective and open and protective um but then I'm coming I come home and I at the end of the day I question and then I wake up and I'm like what is going on between Andy and I that feels like maybe it's just a whole bunch of like the patriarchy lives right here between us because it's all of the social conditioning and I get to spend most of my time with all women so maybe that's a part of it is that the patriarchy is in our kitchen in our bedroom but what does it feel like or what's your experience of me What's your experience of me coming home at the end of a day that doesn't feel loving and and open? Because some days it's loving and open. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, It feels a little tricky to answer. Like it, it feels a little bit more nebulous, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I mean, I think generally my experience with it is like, oh, well, that's a bummer, and that's fine. Mm. Like, yeah. The world is generally hard for lots and lots of people in lots and lots of complex ways. Mm. And so, it's understandable that stepping out of it and the weird games and dynamics that it has takes time Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah and you're just always feeling awesome because you get to leave your shirt off 95% of the time yeah it helps (laughs) yeah Thank you. I love you. Love you.
Thank you. All right, now we're done. Bye. Find yourself a comfortable seat. Or if you prefer to lie down, you can lie down. And sit in a way or lie in a way that makes you feel comfortable and awake, but really relaxed. Turn off all distractions. And let's take three cleansing breaths to let whatever happened right before this moment, to let it go. Take a deep breath in. Exhale. Another deep breath in. Exhale. And the deepest breath in without forcing, but breathe in deeply. Inhale. Inhale. Take another sip. 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 Fill up. And exhale everything out. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. 10. Let your breath return to a natural rhythm. Whatever rhythm it comes back to. And watch the breath. And feel your body on the earth. Feel the weight of your body on the planet. A gentle hug of gravity. The earth of your body on the earth. Become aware of any tension And with every exhale, soften a little bit deeper. Breathe in and out of your heart. You can imagine a green emerald sphere or a green lotus, the emerald lotus at the center of your heart, the center of your chest. Breathe in and out from this space. 
without pushing. And bring into your awareness, welcome into your awareness, the feeling of gratitude. Let your being be flooded with the feeling of gratitude and a portal into this feeling. Think of something and bring into your mind someone or something that is easy for you to feel gratitude for. Something that naturally gives the state of gratitude entry into your body. would be a human being that you really love, a pet, or a favorite place in nature. Gratitude is a reciprocal relationship. Acknowledging how you are given And the offering back is this feeling of love. Say thank you. Thank you to this person. To this animal. to this place, whatever it is. And bring into your awareness something that you have taken for granted. It could be a person or a pet a place, or maybe it's that the sun rises every day. Things that happen on a daily basis, they become sort of the background, and they were once things we longed for that are now a part of our everyday experience. And express gratitude, thank you. Thank you. For all the intimate details of your life. Hot water in the shower. The sound of those you love. The stars, the clouds, the moon. This breath your bones, your very heartbeat. Thank you.
and continue thanking your body. Thank you, toes. Thank you, feet. All the steps we've taken. Your ankles. Calves. Knees. Thighs. Your hips. Your pelvis. Your glutes. Your legs. The strength. the courage, the healing, the smoothness or roughness, up through the genitals, through the pelvic floor, into all of your internal organs and the belly, the soft parts. Tender and vulnerable, thank you. Your digestive system, your liver and kidneys and adrenals and spleen, your diaphragm, your ribs. Thank you to the breath and the lungs. Down the arms, thank you. Shoulders and elbows and wrists. Thumbs. Thank you, thumbs, fingers, palm, your hands, your arms connected to your heart. Thank you. Your spine. Thank you, every vertebra. Thank you. your face, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, your lips, jaw, head, ears, top of the head, all the body, the layers and sheaths of the body inside and out. And bring into your awareness someone or a situation that you are having trouble being grateful for. Maybe it's a habit, a behavior that you would like to change that you've beat yourself up for, or maybe it's a person or a situation or life circumstance.
and you don't have to rush to gratitude and feel totally full with gratitude for this, but meet your edge of how you are holding a grievance or resentment or shame or blame and offer the prayer of thank you. Bow down to it. Surrender control or defensiveness or fear. Bow down and say thank you. May this serve my awakening. Thank you. May I receive a shift in perspective. Thank you. And in these final moments of our time together in meditation, envision how you would like to show up for the rest of today. for this week, for this final moon of 2022. Embodying how you want to show up in your mind's eye. How you will walk on the planet, be with people, feed your body, move your body, love your body, express gratitude, express truth, express love. Coming home to what you truly value and walking the path, the way of integrity with your wild and sacred being. And take final three deep breaths Take a deep breath in. Sigh of gratitude for yourself. <sighs> deep breath in. Sigh of gratitude for all those that are around you. <sighs> and everyone listening to this meditation. <sighs> deep breath in. 
Gratitude for life on planet Earth and beyond, beyond, beyond. Ah. Have a peaceful rest of your day. Namaste. Thank you.